Welcome to MPO's preview of the 2022 AFL season. It's Tim here, and it's been a long, long time since we did our uh, preview of the Super Bowl. Uh, well, it seems that way. It's probably only four or five weeks, but it still seems like an eternity. At the moment, I'm joined by Woody. Uh, how you going, Woody? Yeah, I'm going well. We've uh, well, we're down to three days before the season starts now. So, and two MPO um, podcasters. Yeah, well, for for now, yeah. J- Jeremy's running a bit late, but um, he- he'll he'll join us soon. <clears throat> I've just let him into our chat room, so he's on board. Um, just before we start, what are you looking forward to with this season? Seeing you've only got three sleeps till it's, it's the grand final replay, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I think just uh, crowds, really, just just full capacity crowds. I think that's the biggest thing. So I'm, um, I've got me ticket to go to Carlton Richmond Thursday night. So it'll be good to to get back to the G and and have full crowds there. Well, I finally get to utilise my AFL membership again since rejoining after a, an abscess of ten years, um, and I've been a member for three years. This is the third year on the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, on the. Uh, renewal and i think i've been to one game which was actually in ballarat which was last year it was the gold coast and greater western sydney yep no we we caught up there for that one so we did it was actually a very close game good game too really it's a good venue there really isn't it as well well you think about it if you finish which they may do if the commonwealth games um, bid comes off and it goes to plan if you had stands all the way around, even though a lot of people are a fan of the grass area, I'm a bigger fan of a Coliseum look, but, you know, a yep. boutique crowd of 15 to 20, <clears throat> I reckon we'd have a really good, an absolute perfect stadium there. You think it's, with the saturation of the market in Melbourne, um, do you think it's ridiculous to suggest that maybe the Western Bulldogs within, say, eight to ten years might be based almost permanently out of Ballarat. I could see the Western Bulldogs potentially, and this is just uh, I've got no inside information as you wouldn't, um, I could see them potentially using even that venue as their home base as far as training and maybe half their home games and then the bigger games have them at Marvel. Yep. Yeah, no, I don't think that's ridiculous to suggest at all because, as I said, like they're talking about potentially a Tasmanian team or a 19th team um, and the saturation in, in the Melbourne market has been um, what's well, been too big for too long, hasn't it? And that's the big thing about Geelong is they're actually out of Melbourne. Uh, that's right. Which is, and they, they get a real home ground advantage there, which a lot of people complain about, but what's the point of having a home ground if you can't use it? Um, and, and the Bulldogs or someone else... Um, and the Bulldogs are obviously the most likely with their links to Ballarat. Um, probably be an appealing option, I think, especially, you know, you get it up to 20,000, as you said. Um, yeah, you're going to capture a pretty big market, aren't you? 100%. And there's talk with, um, if the, we do end up with the um, Commonwealth Games, that they may build a third train station, which would make sense being along Creswick Road. Oh, well, there's plenty of room across the road there, isn't there? <clears throat> um, you, don't, you don't need much room just for a platform, do you? No, but then you're going to have to potentially have parking somewhere. So that's what we've got to look oh, at. Just, there's a bit further out of the road there on Norman Street. There's a big vacant lot not being used. Well, yeah, and depending on who... That's where the John Vowles used to be. And yep. whoever actually owns that, um, it would make sense um, to buy out all the area and make it a 
like a sporting a footy um, precinct. <clears throat> well, just a sporting precinct, really, because you've got cricket, footy already. And yeah. you could very well um, do like a non metropolitan version of Olympic Park in Melbourne. Yeah. And I think the. Um, <clears throat> If if the uh, as you said, if the Commonwealth Games bid gets off the ground, um, <clears throat> obviously money needs to be thrown at it. So why wouldn't you set it up for the future rather than just for a one-off event? That's right, and that's pretty much what they've done with Marble. Um, I can see our colleague is trying to connect with audio. I think we still keep going. Let's get into <clears throat> the first half dozen teams. Yep, and we're basically going to turn the ladder upside down and work our way up from last year. And the Wooden Spooners were the North Melbourne Football Club. So what do you see going on for them, Woody? There's actually a bit to like, I think. Um, they had a very poor year last year, obviously. But I think that there's a fair bit to like there. Um, they've got some good young players. Um, and they've got some experience as well with Goldstein and Zeeble and um, the like. So I think they're... I don't think they might be down again this year, but I don't think they'll be down for too long. I think there's a lot of lot of improvement to come, and there's a lot of good signs there. Who's your player to watch there? <clears throat> um, I've got <clears throat> Nick Larkey. Okay. Um, I think he kicked <clears throat> six or seven goals against Carlton last year. Um, so he showed showed he can play a bit. Um, and he's. You know, he's, he's got a few years under his belt now. We know the key forwards take a bit longer to develop. But I think, yeah, with the, with a young list and a, and a young forward, they've got some foundations there. And there, there should be a little bit of optimism um, for the North Melbourne fans. All right. And where do you see them finishing? Oh, look, I just think, you know, a, a path mark for them is just don't finish on the bottom again. If they can show improvement, get off the bottom and show that they're on the way up, I think that's a good thing. The, the bar shouldn't be set too high for them. You know, if they could get five, six wins and finish 16th or 17th, that's a good year and it's a good foundation for them going forward. Well, I see them finishing um, above one of the teams that um, you and I dread and I think even Jeremy dreads them. I could see them finishing above Hawthorne. Yeah, but I, I think... <coughs> I think everyone might finish above fours on this year. Well, let's be brutally honest. Um, most of the AFL community, bar Hawthorne supporters, are hoping that anyway. So, yeah, and I think just we've got. If you look across the North Melbourne list as well, I think one guy that really needs to step up this year, and he showed glimpses last year, but probably not enough. Um, Jaden Stevenson. Um, he's got the talent, but does he have the? The application and the and the right character to apply it. Is he showing the reason why Collingwood were happy to let him go? Well, look, last year was a bit up and down for him, but I think <clears throat> get a bit of continuity, get a bit of confidence, and I think he could be a pretty important player for them. And one could argue he's still pretty young, so yeah, he still <clears throat> is definitely. All right, um, I believe Geelong's number one supporter that resides in. Um, well, it's not Delacombe, it's Winter Valley, um, would be Jeremy Wolf has joined us. Is that correct, Jeremy? No. <clears throat> Technical error, Jeremy is saying Jeremy's joined us, but it doesn't look like he has joined us. Oh. No, no. Just crickets from there, that's all right. We, we move on. We'll move on to the next club, which is another club that would be very popular to finish in the bottom bit. Collingwood, where do you see them? Um, I think there's 
it's going to be a lean year for them again, I think. Um, uh, a new coach as well, um, first-time coach in uh, Craig McRae. Just it's. I don't think it's going to be a good year for them. Um, they're they're going to be in for for. There's going to be a lot of blowouts too. I think, to be yeah. honest, I think we might be saving see them losing multiple times, you know, five, six, seven times of losing by maybe 10, 12 goals or more. Yeah, no, that's a fair call. Um, <clears throat> I see um, with Collingwood, it's not so much the new coach as far as game style, because let's be brutally honest, most clubs, the variance in game style is minimal um, these days, I believe anyway. Um, I see it's just the delivery of the message is the biggest change for them. Yeah. Um, for me. Um, and, and so you're thinking where on the ladder? Um, well, I haven't got a, a ladder position there, but I just think a pass mark for them is just finish outside the bottom four. Yeah. Um, look, a, a bit like North Melbourne, they've got some young pieces there, but are they too young um, at the moment to really make an impact? Um, there's a lot of hype around um, <coughs> ACOS, but... <coughs> Let's be realistic. The bloke hasn't even played a game of AFL <laughs> footy yet, and he's already been built up to be some sort of messiah. Um, and we've seen and players like unrealistic. that. We've seen players like that with pedigree and that, and they come in and they don't turn the world on fire. So he, no, he's still one, not guaranteed. <clears throat> one to watch for them, um, and he's going to miss the first week, unfortunately, because through no fault of his own, in my opinion, is Nathan Kruger. I think he could he could be be one ready to step up for them. Okay. All right. So as we move on to the Gold Coast, I believe Jeremy can hear us and can speak. Is that correct, Jeremy? Uh, that is correct, gentlemen. All right, good. So we've done the first two sides, which were the bottom two. We're moving on to the third bottom side last year, which was Gold Coast. All right. Um, we might let Jeremy do a little bit of... Um, Job, job, jabbering, jobbering, whatever, and give us his thoughts on Collingwood as to a player to look out for, where you think they're going to go, that sort of stuff. Uh, Collingwood, you want it? <coughs> yeah, Collingwood, yes. Uh, how do I think they're going to go? Look, probably near on the bottom four, and that's probably where they want to go. Let's be honest. They need to get some draft capital in. There's still some players there that... Uh, uh, i.e. Pendlebury, that um, are not going to be around forever. Do you think with uh, Pendlebury, um, he, like, no doubt he's still probably one of their top five or six players. Um, if he's still in their top five or six at the best and fairest at the end of the year, then um, it's a wasted year for Collingwood. They really need guys to go past him, don't they? Yeah, you, you, need, to, you need for him at this point in time to be a leader and not necessarily the leader. He um, should be able to play um, as a small, medium forward and and not worry about the midfield. That's the way the team should be, I reckon. I, I don't think they're at that, I, they're not they're not at that stage. Um, I think they're only starting this process, this uh, sort of rebuilding process. Yeah, so. but what I'm saying is, Pendlebury at this stage in his career probably should be doing a lesser role like that than in the midfield. But that sort of shows, as you said, we're calling with that. Yeah, I'd be saying I'd, I'd be saying this. I'd be saying that exact thing where you're saying, Tim, if it were next year. I don't think that applies to this year. Okay. So you think that you're seeing that Pendlebury's still still the cream of the crop, and and that 
that he's still able to be no, relied I guess, upon. I just, I just don't think it's as big a deal this year if he dominates and there will be if they're more. There is a bit of trouble if, if that if, carries if on. More is, if, more, if more is expected of them. Yeah. Okay. Just um, I've let an iPhone in. I've, I think it will be Phil, but um, continue. <laughs> so, oh, uh, it is Phil. <laughs> it, it is Phil. <clears throat> uh, player to watch. I'm, I'm looking to, I'm looking to see if Darcy Moore can actually string a whole season together. Uh, he hasn't yeah. been, able, he hasn't been able to in his whole career. Now, there's a guy that should be the out now best player at Collingwood at the moment. Yeah, he should be, and yeah. if he, if he, do, if he does, um. He's got the capacity to well, be all Australian again. I think Phil's in his home office. I hope there's no entertainment there with him. Who's, um, anyway. <coughs> who's, who's under the pump there at Collingwood? I know, I've he's in the lounge room. I think DeGowie's really under the pump and all it's expected of him, especially with the off-season stuff. He, um, he really a, needs to the, step up. That's the, that's the pretty obvious one. Yeah, I reckon if he doesn't perform, he's trade bait next year. Ah, uh, yeah. but With his, his, his off-field description. This, you know, problems. He's if he doesn't perform, if like with with his off field stuff, his trade value is probably lower anyway. Look, if he has look, a poor look, year, what's his trade value? You're probably not going to get much bar, anyway. His bar, his bar of performing at the moment is to actually just not get in trouble. That's his bar. Yeah. Hey, play, hey, play a whole year without getting get yourself. The in thing the is, Collingwood with all their controversies over the last few years, they can't afford him to screw up again and get more. Um, Media and scrutiny on them, so that's what I'm saying. Is maybe, that's the, that's the maybe he has to go. That's the scrutiny that is on him, not his talent. His so talent is got, very is very evident. If we've got one message for Jordan to go, it's get your hands on the ball and keep them off everything else. Quite literally, Jordan, you are at the crossroads, son. <laughs> if you don't pull your finger out of your ass and stop getting the trouble with strippers and God knows what and violence and um, alleged but, sexual. Harassment and stuff like that, mate. Your career is done. I think he's heard. Done. I think he's heard a spiel <clears throat> similar to that. I'm pretty sure. Although if he, oh, hasn't, if think... he hasn't, there's something wrong. There'd be something wrong if he hasn't. Well, no offense, Jeremy. Obviously, he's one that's a fan of Groundhog Day because I would be guessing he's been told that numerous times in his career already. Yeah, hopefully, <clears throat> pennies dropped. Anyway, there was a team that finished third last. Um, that's got the uh, world pie eating champion as their coach, which is the uh, Gold Coast Suns. Are we? Um, is anyone else bullish on them? I I think there's there's quite a lot to like there. I think they they seem to believe in Stuart Jew, um, and they've obviously got to put up or shut up. Really, the players can't just come out and say, "Yep, we love yeah. him as a coach." And blah, blah, blah. you got to perform. Unlike uh, unlike the Giants, they haven't really had just a cavalcade of players exiting the club. Have they? They've all seemed to have stayed. Yeah, that's what I mean. They've got a, they've okay. had a coach there that's been there for a few years now. Yeah, they're, and they're growing to they're growing yeah. together. And they, 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 it smacks of a team that you, you you could see even if it's not this year that you could see going from bottom to very top but quite the, quickly. I the, think is this is this the first time that we've been able to really see <coughs> some positive signs there for guys? Obviously, Ben King is a big loss to them, but I mean, he come yeah. he he sits out this year. He can come in next year, and if he's the player that we think he could be, I I'm mean, not prepared to say that yet because they have, they have to show me. No, and the, right. the other thing with Ben King though is coming off a full knee, Rico. It's going to take him a while, even um, getting back to the full hundred percent next year. So. That could still be a wasted year to a degree. No, I think to- one 
one thing that, like, early days, everyone wanted to get out of Gold Coast. Um, but a few years ago, you know, they copped a bit of black, a flack for trading pick two to Fremantle to get Lockie Weller. But, I mean, Lockie Weller is a very, very good player. And they caught, sort of had to do that because someone actually wanted to play for him. So they, they had to do what well, they, you know, they could um, to get him there. On AFL 360, how they uh, have, like, uh, they do their tips and they go, all right, who's the sure thing? Who's the lock? Who's the most at stake? I'll, I'll put an argument in that uh, <coughs> most at stake in round one could be the Gold Coast because if I, I, I haven't seen a West Coast team as ripe for the picking <coughs> playing playing in Perth as the, as they are in round one and if That's... and if if Gold Coast are who they think they are or who they think they want to be. <coughs> They should go in and win that game comfortably. I've I've actually tipped them. I think this is this is very very winnable, and this could get their season off to a really good start. And who knows a a, a confidence building win over in the West, which I tip it, and they haven't had too many of, um, could set their their early but, season. Uh, up. Yeah, uh, but a, a loss a loss to West Coast, and <coughs> if it's a bad loss, yeah, um, that's right. That could really derail their season, even though it's one round. So what's um what what are we expecting from them? What or what do we want to see from oh, the Gold Coast? 10, 10, 11 wins would be your pass mark. Mm, I'd yeah. argue I'd argue eight or more. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with Tim there. I've got I've got him down as eight. Um, as far as uh, a player to watch or one that you're expecting big things from and one <coughs> under the pump, um, I've got I've got Isaac Rankine for both categories. Yeah, yeah, he could he could slide very, very <coughs> quite far in either direction, couldn't he? He could, and you know what? If if he steps up and he's he was a very very high draft pick, if he if he proves himself worthy of that pick, I mean, why can't they get double figure wins? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The Heat probably we should be probably saying the Heat should be on Stuart Jew, right? To a degree, I know he hasn't got much, but he's been there a few years now. Um, it's interesting. Didn't the uh, goal? Gold Coast uh, sign him on for another couple of years. Did I read that somewhere? Uh, ben King. No, oh, no, 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 no. Stewie Jew was coach. Um, I haven't read that. I thought yeah. I read it somewhere. I'm not sure what <coughs> is it, his, This is his fourth or fifth year, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, he, he's under the pump as much as anyone if they don't improve. But there's no reason they shouldn't. Mm. They've got um, <coughs> they've got a, enough enough players there that should be stepping up. Yeah, yeah. Is, uh, Jew, is Jew warming the seat? Well, well that's that's going to be lingering in the I, background, isn't but it? But if what I thought I stumbled on, I thought that would close those um, rumours. But anyway, I don't believe we've got any listeners in Coolangatta, so let's move on. The next team is Adelaide, um, who last season finished 15th. Um, I don't see much... Um, Positives for them, myself. What do you think, I, lads? Yeah, I'm uh, the same. I think they pretty much just stagnate this year. Oh, I agree. I, I actually, those were going to be my exact sentiments, Woody. Uh, they, I reckon <coughs> they pretty much stay where they are, and that's not necessarily a bad thing for them. If they're not going backwards, it's a good thing, isn't it? <coughs> I think. Um, yeah, they've got. Yeah. There's enough pieces. Like one guy that I really like there, um, Darcy Fogarty. I think they need really need to. They could build a point <coughs> around him and make him the focal point. Um, because he's a he's he's very very strong. Um, he's got thick thick powerful legs, um, strong hands. He's a powerful kick. Well, they're going to need him in the first half a dozen rounds, aren't they? Yep, that's right. So what? That, I think you you just 
you just build the forward line around him, I think. Yeah. And uh, Josh Rochelle has been tearing it up in the preseason. We, uh, uh, we've seen many a player tear it up in the preseason and then yeah. do next to nothing come the real stuff. Um, what do you see coming out of Taylor, the big mouth, says it in the wrong place at the wrong time doing this year? Uh, when he actually gets on the park. But, um, is he a walk-up start when he's available, <clears throat> Woody? Um, I think at the moment, yes. But how many games did he miss at the start of the year? Is it six? I think it's half a dozen, isn't it? Yeah, so it opens the door for guys like Riley Silthorpe and Darcy Fogarty to keep him out of the side, doesn't it? Yeah. Just as, just as an aside, if we're waiting for... Uh, if we're waiting for someone to chime in about their own club. We've got Philip Kimber sitting there. And being, go, being that we're going from um, bottom to top, he's going to be waiting a fair while. <laughs> uh, I've actually before, I've made an executive decision before you say that. After we do this six, because of Chris's availabilities, we'll go to the top six and then go back to the middle six just because of the time um, that we've got up our sleeves. That sounds fair. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That sounds um, fair. So but where anyway, are we? Crow's about, Crow's about the same, same. And that, that's um, not a bad thing, is yeah, it? Yeah, oh, don't forget they've got Phil Thorpe as well. He's got another year under his belt. Yeah. And I'm just looking at the ladder from last year, and they've got the club that I'm going to call the Avalanche um, this season that finished 14th. I think Adelaide could finish 14th. Yeah. I don't, Some lofty expectations there. They can make a little climb. Well, I can see an argument that they might win some games at home to Collingwood, North Melbourne and Gold Coast. Put it that way. Yeah, and they'll be playing That's those sorts of sides. And the um, Avalanche will finish bottom, so... Who, you know. Is there anyone that, that that we need to keep an eye on for them or someone that you got high hopes for? I brought up Phil Thorpe. Yeah. Um, although, Key forwards generally... This is only year two for him, though. Yeah, if they start out gangbusters in year one, it doesn't necessarily translate in the second year. No, nah, so you might—I I think you might have gone maybe a year or two too early on that. But I mean, I if, he, if he steps it up this year, I mean that's only a good thing. He'll um, get more attention from the defenders this year. So, uh, just your mid-type players like your your Ben Keys, McKayzie, um, those sort that those types, they'd be looking yeah. to just just have a slight improvement on the on the previous year. Yeah, yeah. Ben Keys had a very, very good year. So, um, yeah, if he can, if he can go to another level, again, that, um, good thing for them. Uh, Matt, Matt Crouch is on the park again, so he'll uh, he'll rack That's, up the stats. That helps, doesn't it? And that that probably it helps a guy like Ben Keys, doesn't it? Takes a little bit of pressure off him, a little bit of heat off him. Um, one okay. other guy I think that benefits from that is Lockie Scholl as well. I think with the inclusion of Matt Crouch back into the side, um, <laughs> he could benefit from that experience as well. And and Crouch is going to going to attract some attention in the middle. So okay. someone like Lockie Schulk has got an opportunity to stamp there, put his stamp on some games, doesn't he? Okay. Freo, better, Freo better be careful in round one because uh, <coughs> side, side's rocking up to Amy. Amy, uh, not Amy uh, side's rocking up to Adelaide in round one, just thinking okay. they, they're just going to get the job done in Adelaide. Um, okay. Haven't, haven't fared well over yes. the last round one. All right. no. Okay, guys. Not many listeners drive seven hours to Ballarat, so let's move on. The next um, team we have, I'm going to skip the Avalanche. We'll do them last. It'll be a good way to finish off the segment. Um, <laughs> we'll go to Carlton. <clears throat> I'll let you guys take this first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say it now. Um, my gut feeling is Carlton will be big improvers, but we'll just miss the finals. So they finished 13th last year. I could see them getting up around 10th or 9th, um, but I just have question marks over Kerno. 
as far as will he get through a full season? Because I think if he gets through a full season, as Woody is sort of sort of flirted with in conversations on social media, um, between him and the um, worst set shot I've seen that's won a Coleman medal, because he does the banana every friggin' time, um, <clears throat> I could see them probably finishing up there. Well, that's the thing. If, if, if they play 20 games together, um, they should be kicking 100 goals between them, shouldn't they? If basing, basing McKay off last year and, and the talent that Kerno has shown um, when he hasn't been injured. Hmm. Well, well, Carlton, I think, um, I think what they need is continuity. Uh, maybe the you know, same or near on the same 22 getting around the park in consecutive weeks. I think they need accountability, which yeah. wasn't a um, feature of David Teague. That wasn't prevalent. Wasn't prevalent as Teague. And, and uh, I'm pretty sure Vossel. You would think Vossel would uh, keep the accountability on board. Yeah. Oh, yet again, it's similar to what we're saying about Collingwood. It's going to come down to not so much game plan changes. That's no, going to come down to the message from the coach. Uh, we'll talk about that before you come on. That like most game plans, to be honest, from top to bottom aren't that dissimilar. In the modern game, there's tweaks, but there's nothing major. But uh, for me, it's going to be the message. Do they take on the message with Voss, and does it sort of resonate with them? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, well, Voss Teague, Teague, Teague made a career of trying to be mates with all the players, and I don't think I don't think that's Voss's go. I don't think Vossy Vossy didn't try to be mates with all his teammates when he was winning premierships. No, so. that's right. He doesn't care much for that. But um, <clears throat> one, one thing that every teammate of his did do was respect him. Mm. He... Yeah, I, I, I think it depends on the weather with Jason Ackermanis, but yeah, you're uh, probably right. I'm, I'm talking about his on-field presence. I mean, Ackermanis may not have liked him as a bloke, but I'll tell you what, he would have would have rather run out with him um, yeah, yeah, but against him. My word, he would, yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to say something very controversial. I think Ackermanis was a better player. But anyway. No, I, I, all <coughs> you're going to do is get my support there. Mm. I'm not saying Voss was but at the same at the same time, Voss would have nothing but respect for Ackermanis either. On the on the pitch on the, the field, field, yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> who's who, who's the players that you think might step up or need to step up? I'll tell you now. It'll be the guy that I've um, got my question marks over. I think you need Kerno to step up to support. Um, McKay, McKay, yes, McKay, yeah. yeah. No, that's only and that's only just <coughs> health. Due to health, he needs to get. Oh yeah, but he, but he's yeah, maybe okay. his body can't hold up. We've seen other players yeah. that have had that problem. Yeah, yeah to many a player before. What did I say? The uh, best <coughs> the best ability is availability. Isn't that's it? right, and that's yeah. uh, that's the only <coughs> ability. It's the only thing that Charlie Kerno hasn't shown. All right, so yeah. Jeremy, where do you think they're going to finish on the ladder? I think I'm going to back him in. I reckon they might finish about eighth. Okay, what about you, Woody? And yeah, listeners, bear in mind. Excuse me, he is a Blues supporter. No, back the Blues in. It's their time. No, that's right. I think um, <coughs> finals is a must. Um, if if they don't make the finals, it's a it's a failed season. Um, I'm expecting big things. Well, we've seen in the preseason game against <coughs> Melbourne. Um, it's going to be no surprise to you guys that um, I'm going to talk about Matt Kennedy because I've been a big fan of his for a long time, and and he showed in that practice match what he can do. Um, Lockie O'Brien, I think he's ready to play a a regular role as well. Okay. And they don't underestimate George Hewitt's role as well because he's uh, taken a lot of heat off uh, Cripper. And, and yeah, Cripps and 
um, Cripps will only benefit from guys like him and Matt Kennedy stepping up, won't he? Okay. Um, just so you're saying they've got to finish in the eight. I'm looking at what they had wins-wise last year, and I did say anywhere from nine to ten, um, as in like positions. They had eight wins last year. I reckon ten wins is a tick. Whether that gets them in the finals, who knows? Yeah, but that's... Ten wins should get you in the finals. No, but I still think it's a tick yeah. for them based on last year. Yep, now I've, I've set a bit of uh, a higher bar than that. I think your bar may be a little bit unrealistic. Oh, I think I'd back them in. That's subjective. Where, where, they, where they lost a few games that they should have penciled in as wins last year, I think they win those games this year. Okay. Okay. All right, that's enough about uh, the boys from well, whatever they call their joint now. I still call it Princess Park. We're moving on to everyone's favourite demise this season, and that will be the Mighty Hawks, or not so mighty. Um, I'll just be blunt. I got a bit excited there because the tone's raised. Um, I'll say straight out, bottom, and probably four wins would be the most I see them having. Um, yep. I, I, I don't really have anything else to add to what you've said. Uh, there's, no. I think they're, they're my favourite for the wooden spoon. I don't think that there's a lot to like about them. This year, Sam Mitchell coming in as coach. Of only, uh, only the most ardent of uh, Hawthorne fans would uh, like the names that are on the paper. Yeah, I've got, um, I've got <coughs> Sam. Sam Mitchell is under the pump just yeah. because of just because of the circumstances that's led to him in that position. And Woody, he's the sort of bloke you'd go out drinking with, and he'd use you up for the couch for the night, and then yep. he'd piss off him before and leave a mess. He's not yep. a good bloke. No, I don't think so. I think, honestly, I think part of the reason that... Probably spew um, on the floor and not tell you as well. <laughs> I, I think he's a, he probably led the charge to oust Clarkson. Um, yes. He, 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 he would have played a big part in that. I think there's a lot of self-interest from him. What was that um, famous political uh, name in the US that stabbed the president in the back? Um, Benedict Arnold? I think that suits him, doesn't it? Yeah, I just... Yeah, he's um, he's he's under the pump straight away and I think um, yeah if, yeah, if they only, gonna, <coughs> not going to have the honeymoon periods as uh, what another coach might, might have if, if they only won three or four games that wouldn't surprise me yeah um, I reckon said, four tops yeah I said there's not a lot to like about him but I think <coughs> there's one guy that I'm keen on seeing and it's going to he's probably he could get a chance um, with Ben McAvoy, um, I know Alistair Clarkson liked to use him in different positions, but I think Ned Reeves could make that ruck position his own if they if they push McAvoy forward a lot more. Yeah, it'd be, uh, it'd be Adam <coughs> Reeves and Lynch will be fighting for that. Yeah, but I don't, what yeah. what has Lynch shown us before? Really, is there been a lot to like about him? Has he shown that he's going to be uh, uh, well, maybe not a dominant, but yeah, even it'll just, just depend. A, just, it'll just depend. Yeah, just depend on if he gets the opportunity. If he, if when he gets the opportunity, you can. We can make a judgment on whether he takes it or not. So, is it? Do we see any scenario where they finish outside the bottom two? Has anyone anyone got them finishing if, higher? Um, than if two of the sides above the bottom two do the Manchester United thing in a plane and lose their whole playing squad, yes. <laughs> if not, no. So, so <clears throat> unlikely we can chalk that. Down as... Just before we um, go to a break, let's just get. Um, the love sponge, Phil Kimber, <laughs> to um, give us his opinion on Hawthorne, and that might be a good lead-up into him joining us in the next segment. <clears throat> oh, 
they're in all sorts of trouble, I think, boys. Um, I've said in numerous group chats, I mean, I, I sort of see Sam Mitchell a bit like Matthew Knights, that Matthew Knights, when he was at Essendon, took over. Kevin Sheedy was arguably, you know, a, the best Essendon coach ever. And then, what, within 18 months, he got given the ass because he just couldn't get the results on the board. Mitchell could be the same, you know. If you've been involved with the knifing of Clarkson and you finish bottom two this year, and then next, if they do finish bottom two, and then next year, halfway through the season, they're not doing, you know, much better. There would be calls from the supporter base to probably give him the boot because he he knifed the best coach that arguably the best coach the game's ever seen. Their list isn't in very good shape, I don't think. They've got some, you know, that Josh Ward's shown a little bit in the preseason. You know, they've got, you know, Sicily's a player. Um, O'Meara is a decent player when he isn't injured. But, you know, outside of that, they don't really have much, do they? No. No, and there's a lot of um, Hawthorne supporters that will cry this year, and I think it's beautiful. But um, <laughs> that's just me. I'm I'm saddest. But don't honestly. don't worry. They, they won't cry. They'll just deflect and start begging Geelong. Mm. I tell you, <laughs> I tell you what. Has, I tell you what actually has to happen at Hawthorne is they need to get rid of Kennett. They really need to get rid of Kennett. He has too much um, opinions and say on the um, football department. For a, which a president shouldn't. That's why you have someone sitting above that and you also have a CEO. Um, so, And I quite often let Jeff know he's an idiot on Twitter. Um, but, um, yeah, I think um, a good step forward, even more so than Mitchell, is get rid of Kennett. <clears throat> but um, you guys in the greens? Uh, oh, you, uh, Jeff, Jeff's Jeff. The man's a wanker. I don't really have anything one way or the other. I just think when a club's <clears> in this sort of position that they are and, you know, where we don't really see any any light at the end of the tunnel, you've just got to – it's top to bottom. You've really got to look at every position, don't you? <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Bye-bye, Jeff. And um, my good friend Don Scott um, has got a similar opinion. I think he's over, Jeffrey, from what I hear on the – on the You Cannot Be Serious podcast because he tries to slip in Hawthorne all the time and he's not a fan of Jeffrey Kennett. Uh, no, he, um, <coughs> he, uh, he, won't, he, won't let, uh, he won't let Kennett induct him as a legend in the uh, Hall of Fame or he wants it done at the general meeting and not at a ceremony. So there are odds there. And to be honest, a great of the club like Don that was also a tin rattler to save him and whatnot like that, good on him because... Why should he have to put up with the wanker saying what's yeah. going to happen? Yeah, standing his ground, I like it. Anyway, I think that's time for a quick break, and we'll then we'll reconvene. come back. We'll reconvene, and we will go from sixth to first from last year's letter standings, and we will hear the wisdoms of the Ballarat's love sponge, Phil Kimber. Yeah. All right. He's going to need to have a share after. Oh, <laughs> I'm just glad he's not working from his home office tonight. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side of the break. Welcome back. I hope you had a lovely break and we're into it. We're going to go from sixth to first. The first club we've got is Sydney. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Phil? I think they'll be thereabouts again. Um, 
I do like their midfield, and they do have a couple of sneaky forwards. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you, mate. I think they can be there. They're probably in that sixth to – they could be anywhere between sixth and tenth this year because, obviously, you know, in order for teams to come up, some teams need to go out. Sydney could be one of those teams, but I think they probably surprised a lot of people last year. If we look back at this season in 2020, if you had said that, you know, by round – was it around four or five? I think they were four and one or something like that. I don't think too many people would have seen that coming. But, yeah, now that they've got a good list. You know, they've got a really good young key forward and Logan McDonald. They've got about 25 Ruckman now. Whether they've got, they've got Lamb oh. Sinclair. They've got bloody... Um, Hickey. Uh, um, Hickey. Lamb Sinclair, Hickey. Naismith? Naismith still there. They've got way too many, don't they? And yeah, I must so, say, though, um, Hickey probably had a, um, even though he's getting a bit on in years, he probably had a breakout season last year in well, Sydney. Not just, not just Hickey, though. Um, him and Sinclair worked really well together, which it surprised me that on the back of that they went and got Laddams. I think, it was, I think it was more a case of, it might have been more a case of Laddams wanting to go home and Sydney. They can still, just, that's the thing that just because a player says he wants to go to a club doesn't mean the club has to get him. No, they can they can easily refuse, couldn't they? That's right. Um, the Swans, they won't. What they won't have this year is the element of surprise. Um, I, they won't have the element of surprise, but they'll still be very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you uh, remember back, remember back to our old podcast about twelve months ago, Philip. I was I was very bullish on. You were, the mate. Yep. At the time, of calling, of calling him to make finals, and that had come to pass. Um, and I'm you gonna, probably you probably weren't too far wrong. They got fifteen wins last year. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say neither up nor neither up nor down for me. I think they're gonna probably, uh, you know, I, I see him losing in an elimination final. <coughs> I'm, um, yeah. I think they're going up. Actually, um, usually we see a change in the top four from year to year, and. I've got them coming into the top four, and then when we get to the other team, I'll tell you which one I think is coming out. I think you're talking expense. about Sleepy but, Hollow, but anyway. Oh, but, it, happens, um, it happens every year, Tim. And it I, does it. I think um, Sydney, they're the ones that are probably going to jump into the top four. They're the obvious ones for me. Um, I think Logan McDonald, Phil touched on him before. Um, I think, yeah, he, he showed it a little bit last year and another year in the gym for him. Um, I think he, I know we, we say key forwards take a bit longer to develop, but I think he could do some pretty exciting things this year, I think. And Mr. Concussion's apparently been playing very well up back for them. Adam McCartan, yeah. Yes. He has, yeah. Might might, be something. He, might, he might get a gig in uh, round one, I think. He might be um, the go-to backman that they'll have instead of Aaliyah Aaliyah. They probably missed him a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. Yep, I he think could, this he could really, slot in and into that back line nicely, I think. I think this one's really great, Logan McDonald, as well, because they've <clears> taken a four-year deal to him. <laughs> um, you don't table a four-year deal to a 19-year-old that's played less than 10 games unless you see him as part of your future. Oh, I think they, yeah, I think they're right. He'll, he'll be getting a few games this year. There's, there's two, two types of clubs <clears> that do that. There's ones that are very well run and very well drilled, and then there's ones that are desperate and stupid. Um, and Sydney are definitely not the latter. Correct. One thing that'll be interesting, though, is they're now crying out that the standard of living's gone up and they want more money. 
Um, you know what? That fair enough. Yes, Sydney might be one of the most expensive places to live, but um, when you're on three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, I think you can cover the basic cost of living quite comfortably. Maybe you need to reflect on your lifestyles, probably more. Yeah, than that's right. I think maybe maybe the rookies might be entitled to a little bit more, but if you're on right. upwards of three hundred thousand, you're probably barking up the wrong tree if you're saying you need more and, money to get by. And look, all I can say is harden the F up because the whole country's suffering at the moment. So don't just think because you're on your 350 plus that you're a victim because you're not. Agreed. Anyway, yep. Anyway, um, I think that's enough on Sydney. I don't think we've got too many Sydney listeners. We'll move on. Um, someone that's close to the heart of us Ballarat people, I guess in some ways, because they do play some games in Ballarat is the Western Bulldogs. Um, I think even if we're not Bulldogs fans, just the fact that they're bringing AFL to Ballarat, I think we've all got a soft spot for them. Um, my thoughts are, I reckon, what, they finished fifth last year on 15 wins. I still think they're a team that's going to be thereabouts. They made the grand final, yes. The grand final was the result it was, but they're what, they were in it up until a certain stage where there was a couple of dodgy calls that could, that I, like, I, I'll ask this question to you, Phil, because you're a Melbourne supporter, so... See it through your eyes. There was one time when um, to shepherd the player, the Melbourne defender, uh, would have been the Melbourne attacker, sorry. No, yeah, yeah. So it was a Melbourne shot at goal and yep. um, the Bulldogs defenders on the goal line facing the ball. The Melbourne forwards turned his back and wiped out the defender and still given a goal. Now, isn't that the same as a marking contest? Uh, to be honest, with all the bloody rule changes going around at the moment, I'd have no idea. Yeah, but um, to me, it's similar to if you turn your back in a marking yeah. contest. And I thought what, that and then it was another goal to Melbourne. That was the end of the game after that. Um, forwards get away with a lot more stuff than defenders won't get away they with. Certainly do. Yeah, they certainly do. Yeah, I think um, Mr Lockett used to um, get a bit frustrated Ooh. because they didn't back in his day. But anyway... Um, anyway, Bulldogs, um, I still think they'll be, you know, flirting with the top four. It was probably only a month of shite football before the finals that they dropped out of the top four anyway. Um, yeah, but will they miss Josh Bruce this year? Because I think he may have been very well, helpful in the last well, finals. As, as it was a point should. in time, point in time they were uh, <clears throat> neck and neck with, with Melbourne at the top of the ladder. As, you, as you said... Tim um, and got they fell away stoned by popular demand. You, you said that they um, <clears throat> fell away a bit towards the end of the year. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that them dropping games coincided with Bruce coming out of the side. And heavens forbid that I actually said Bruce was their most important player last year, um, and I got absolutely stoned because apparently he's useless. But let's um, not um, let's not confuse most important player with best, best player. player. Best Correct. player. Um, <clears throat> and I think yes, Josh Bruce got a very strong argument for being the Bulldogs' most important player. Although they mm-hmm. did a, they did take a while to adapt, but they found a way. And the thing was with Bruce, though, too, um, the year he had at the Bulldogs last year was equal, if not better, than his best year at St Kilda. And no, I think a, that was definitely his best year. He had a few good years yeah. at St Kilda as well. So, I mean, I think he performed. And let's face I it, the game doesn't help big forwards. I really felt sorry for Bruce because it was the way he went down as well. Like, to go... Oh, the, only, like, 30 but, seconds left in the game yeah, or like, something. it was pretty much, like, right on the siren. And he does his knee and you think, shit, like, why couldn't his knee hold out for another minute? That's... Um, as, as much as it pains me to say, and, and it might sound a bit savage, but 
let's we'll try and concentrate on the players for the Bulldogs who are going to take the park this year. I think we were just. I think we were just emphasizing how important he was, Jeremy. Actually, yeah, and I'm not arguing last that. Season, and I'm how they're going to go that. without that player for the whole season. You won't get an argument from me. I've actually. <clears throat> I'm sort of probably leaning towards Tim's way of thinking here. I've got them missing the top four, um, just, yeah. just, um, and and Josh Bruce is a is a big reason for that. Unless they've got, unless. Um, Eugle Hagen can step up and play that role, which I don't think he will. Not as a second year player. Not uh, well, not 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 on what he showed last year no. either. No. Um, he's he's a long way off. I, I see I see Trelaw with a year under his belt of the Dogs having a, having a real winning year. I think Trelaw is a very very important piece to the Dogs this year, and he, I look not ridiculous to suggest that. Um, he might win. He could win their best and fairest, or even be a top five or six in the Brownlow. Yeah, he legit could. Yeah, might steal yeah. a Brownlow. Would not completely surprise me. <clears throat> mm-hmm. wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked by that. Um, and, and while we do that, I'll just quickly look up his odds. <laughs> mm. This is the year of the steal, anyway. But that's another discussion. Um, so, who's you think Trelaw's the standout player this year, Woody? Um, yep, I think. He's ready to step up, and he showed that in the preseason game too. Um, he got a lot of the ball, and his kicking is still leaves a little bit to be desired at times. But um, gets the ball going. Gets the ball going. Let, let's be honest. How many really reliable <coughs> kicks are there in the AFL these That's, days? Oh yeah, and his, his running power hasn't waned either. No, he's still got that speed and that pace off the mark, doesn't he? Yeah. Don't um, underestimate the drive they get off um, the back line through Caleb Daniel too. He's very important to them. Yep, and Bailey Dale, I like look at him too. He likes to take the game. I like, from the, the, I like the cut well. of his jib. He really likes yeah. to take the game on. Well, in the in the game late in the season, I think it was um, Phil, the guy that yep. beat Melbourne was Caleb Daniel. Correct. Yeah, he's he's in the bottom west carvers up. Yeah, yeah, um, but, but bottom line is he was probably the difference when the heat was on. Was Caleb Daniel? He seemed yep. to be on the end of everything Melbourne put forward. Adam <clears throat> Trelaw. $151 for the Brownlow. That's worth $2.50. Easy. But, look, there's worse bets out there. I, I Look, I wouldn't put a fiver on it, but I reckon it's worth $2.50 at those odds. Yeah, yeah. I can get, yeah. <clears throat> unless, unless Bond decides to go into the line. <laughs> 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 it might actually be, be a good one for the podcast to put some money yeah. on him for the Brownlow. Oh, yeah. We can... We can ch- Chip in a dollar or two each, I'm sure. Yep. And we yep. know we know Bontepelli and McRae and Hunter, they're gonna get their numbers. Yeah. I think it's just with the dogs, it's just about just about how they use their dominance. Yeah, um, and, and Trelaw took a little bit to get going last year, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. and there's a few different reasons for that. Obviously, the circumstances that led him to jump ship and and whatever else, and then a few injuries and whatever, but a full preseason under his belt, if he's firing round one, um yeah. Uh, dogs might even be able to start the season off with a win. Well, do you think? Um, do you think bon- you will see Bontempelli playing more of a key forward role? Um, if Trelaw has the sort of season that we're we're alluding to, then why wouldn't you? Well, he might be the replacement for Bruce. He's got the capabilities of doing it. Hmm. Yep. Uh, my, my player that's got the microscope on him and could be a bit of a burn, burn, burn if they don't pull the finger out of their ass. Um, is actually the bond because as, I, as Woody knows, and I think Jeremy and um, also uh, Philip would know, I believe he's the best player in the comp when he's up and going. And I think he's a little bit ahead of the next best, not greatly, but just. 
But I think he needs to do that for 22 rounds and finals. So that's why I think he's under the pump. Well, that's what he needs to do to get him a premiership. I think um, Tim English is under the pump. I think he's out of contract, I believe, at the end of the year. Yeah, they've invested a lot of time in English. They've invested a lot of time, a lot of effort into him. I mean, he's had patches where he's played five, six really good games in a row, and then he's had patches where he's played some just absolute shockers. Okay. What about you, Phil? Who do you think? I think most of the pump is probably Mitch Wallace. We, we yeah. haven't heard from him in a couple of years. You know, He's basically played mid most of his career. And then they were basically slotting him into a, um, a forward pocket because they had no room in the midfield for him. And he, he basically didn't get a look at it last year. So I think mm. he's um, it might just be career done for him. He, he'd find another club. Like if they did decide to delist him, there'd be plenty of other clubs willing to acquire his services. They've just got, they've just got too yeah. deep in midfield, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And and another, another guy that they drafted a few years ago that's that's been a victim of that is Ed Richards as well. He looks a nice player, but just yeah. just he came into the dogs at the wrong time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was he, he, he was a have, smoky... He was a smoky for the um, what, what they call it, the rising star when he first started. That's how yeah, he, he was. was. Um, yeah. And look, there'd be six, seven, eight, nine clubs that'd be happy to take mm. him. Correct. All right. Um, just before we move on, I believe the most important player at the Bulldogs, and they need him every game, and that is Mister Liberatore. Yeah, he's supremely you can, underrated. You can yeah. just re- you can just He'll rely. Be the most- you yeah. just rely on Libra. Yeah. Libra has to be the most important player this year because Bruce isn't there doing his role. So And just some really <clears throat> impressive tattoos as well. Yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> fan of the, yeah. that's enough love for the Bulldogs. We'll move on to the boys from Brisbane Town. Um, geez. Are they going to be there without... It's, it's Hipwood, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, are, He's are still they, gone for a bit continue? of this year, isn't he? Are they contenders to be? Are they contenders, Woody, to be the? Are we sure they're going to be that good team? Well, I said before that Sydney are the team to jump into the top four. Brisbane are the ones to drop out. Um, I think their window um, was the last couple of years. They didn't capitalise, and I think um, yeah, they're probably probably peaked um, with this list. There's still some improvement to come from some players. Um, but I think the last couple of years was probably their best chance. On the back of? Um, on the back of things I just said, like there's just a few guys, like you just mentioned Hipwood before. <coughs> I think he's he's already peaked as a player, I think. Um, Joe Danaher. You know who was, ready, who, was ready to, who was ready to peak as a player was Kevin Caden Coleman. And he's, yep. just, he's just gone down for, for about eight to 12 yep. weeks. So. Yep. Um, but I just too. think there's a, there's a few players like that that I think, um, I'm not as high on Cam Rayner as everyone else seems to be. I think um, he's just going to be another player. I don't yeah, think he's going to be anything special. Yeah. Um, and they've got a few guys like that as well. Zach Bailey's one that's probably the opposite of that. Um, he's one that can step up. But guys like Nikai Cockatoo and Charlie Cameron, um, I don't think there's improvement left in them. I think they're as good as they're going to be. Um, Lockie um, Neal could um, get a bit closer to his Brownlow form, um, would help him. Yep. Um, yeah, we could. One, one guy I'm really expecting big things of, and um, this is going to be, again, no surprise to any of you guys. Um, I said there's a few guys that have already peaked or are as good as they're going to be, but Hugh McCluggage, he's got 
I think he's been very, very good the last couple of years, and he was always yeah. starting last year, I believe, on the wing. Um, Do you think, think he can he's make primed that, to he can push make into a week? midfield? I think he's primed to push into a midfield role, and he, um, <laughs> if there's one player in the competition that's ready to just break down the door and um, announce themselves as an elite player of the competition, a bona fide, a bona fide A plus. So. Yep, there's it's uh, so human cluggage so is one of those, and then so, there's so another there's, one I'll mention. So Bont bon, bon and Pelly, Petrarca, Gorn, probably Fife. Um, yep. There, there aren't too many sort of A plus guys. You think? No, there's not. I think McCluggage has that has that ceiling. Absolutely, he does. And there's another guy yeah. from another <clears> club that when we get to them, I'll mention him as well. But um, yeah, I'm pretty high on what human cluggage could be as a player. Just so what you just said, Jeremy. Um, Jack Steele says hello. Um, anyway, yep, move- no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, he's definitely in that category. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> so, um, Phil, who's your standout for Brisbane, mate? My standout last year would probably be Jared Lyons. I still can't believe how how he got, got there in the first place. How, how he got there is just laughable in itself. Like here's a bloke that started his career at Adelaide, got the ass. Uh, goes to Gold Coast, laughing soccer, the competition, gets the ass, And he's never been that bad a player. Like, it just amazes me how he's effectively been delisted from two clubs. And he's probably one of the first names picked in Fagan's team every week. He was fantastic for him this year, I thought. Okay. And, um, guys, uh, Jeremy, your standout, sorry. My, my standout for the Lions? Yeah. Um, I'm tipping Joe Danaher to turn it on. Have a good year. Okay. And he did. There you go. You heard it here first. Jeremy yep. Worth picking Joe Danaher for the Coleman medal. And, <laughs> and in fairness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fairness. <laughs> the he did have, Coleman medal. He did have a good return games-wise, which he hasn't in the past. So yeah, get that's, that's in his favour. I think, you know, he was <clears> consistent. <throat> he was just a consistent contributor last year. I don't think he was, he was a match winner or anything special, but he just did what he needed to do every week. But he's another one of those players. He's almost like... Um, Oh, who is it? Friggin' one of those rockers. They, he can be a million miles out and he'll kick the friggin' goal. If he's straight in front 15 metres out, he'll shank it. He's just yep. just a frust... Oh, cloak, yeah. cloak, sorry. Yeah, cloak, you're right. And kick it a country mile and you think he's no chance. He'll get it straight through the bloody middle and he's within, you know, that 15, 20-minute metre mark and he'll skew with it off to the side. Yeah, that, that must be frustrating. Um, anyone hmm. under the pump? Um, I think Nikaya Cocker too. Yeah, agreed, um, mate. Yeah. Oh, he needs to, needs to have a consistent year, doesn't he? He needs to have a consistent Like, he, let's not he, – he did. He has been smashed by injuries his whole career, and that's probably what led him getting traded from Geelong. But um, he just needs to show some consistency, doesn't he? Like, he went missing in yep. a few games last year, and you didn't notice him at all. Um, I think he, he really needs to step it up. But like I said, I think he's, he's one of the guys – at Brisbane, that um, what you see is what you get. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll go off that. I think it's time to move on. Um, and the club we're moving on to, I don't know if I agree with the second line of their theme song, but it is Geelong. I don't think they're the greatest team of all, but we will move on and discuss them because I'm sure Jeremy will sit back, hear our opinions, and then give his spiel on his mighty cats. Just, a, um, just a, it's just a line in the song. Uh, yeah. not, let's not read too much into it. Yeah, so the premierships, pre- premierships also also supposed to be a cakewalk as well. So yes, let's, let's not forget. Let's that. just take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah. 
at least St Kilda don't flirt with premierships in their friggin' um, song um, because that would be an absolute or, lie. Anyway, or in their history. <laughs> one, one. In general, really, yeah. We're in front of Fremantle. Shut up. Um, let's move on. And, um, yeah, so for me, Geelong, well, they've all got their senior citizens card. We know that. Um, I must say, though, I've got a few Geelong players in my super coach team that I drafted, so obviously I respect one or two of them. And it's probably the only two that I respect that I've got. But um, for me, it's still hard. Look, as much as I'm not a Chris Scott fan, he gets them thereabouts every year when it comes finals, doesn't he? Everyone likes to write him off, but, look, you know what? They, it, a lot of people seem to think that the only measure of success is flags. Um, but <clears throat> I don't think anyone's... For the last five years, we haven't really considered Geelong as a top four contender, but they seem to do it every year. And they can't do that without good coaching. So I think he's... <clears throat> you know, a lot of people don't rate him as a coach, but he's clearly very, very good. I didn't rate him as a thug on the footy field. I still remember the Rewild incident. But anyway, I think it was him or was it Brad anyway? It doesn't matter. I hate them both. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I think you're fair. And let's be honest, as much as people whinge and whine and say he's a ducker, he's this, he's that, Salwood is a frigging gun, isn't he? Like, he's still going to have an impact on the game at his age now. Mm -hmm. And he's an absolute gentleman. He's never done anything like the goey or anyone like that to have any negativeness. I've seen him do the right thing by kids of support over clubs. Like, he's just an absolute ripping bloke. And I hope he has another good year and helps my Supercoach team win. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Clubs wish they had a lead. Like, I'll just quickly quickly whip through my my um, <laughs> grades on them so Jeremy can get to to his say. I've got um, Sam DeConing. I think he's one to watch. <clears> um, <throat> he could he could be a very important piece of that back line there. And they've, they've, they've missed uh, a key defender since Harry Taylor left, so I think he could fill that void. Um, one that's under the pump, but I think will really step up is Jeremy Cameron after last year. He started to show good signs. Um, and I think just a pass mark for them is they don't have to make the top four. Um, just just be thereabouts around that top top six. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, and um, a special cheerio to the smallest-brained Geelong footballer getting around Tom Hawkins. He's due to do something silly again. And we'll move on to Jeremy. Uh, look, it's, it's, I, I do these predict. I do these predictions every year, and, and every single year, most, pretty much most of the people are talking are talking about how they're going to go down this year. This this is actually this is actually the past ten years we're talking about. <laughs> this is not just this is not just recently. So, um, who am I to say they're not going to feature in the top four again? Um, ha- having said that, though. I would I would appreciate if they did such things whilst uh, giving some young fellas an opportunity. So, um, yeah, so instead of okay, so if uh, if Sean Higgins is touch and go to play, <coughs> they obviously leave him out and they put a Cooper Stevens in, um, or they uh, yeah, or they keep Sam DeConing in defence as a Lockie Henderson role, or yeah, or, or yeah, they give Tyson Stingle a go a go. Yeah, for just some just some younger blood in there, which uh, which <sighs> kind of helped. You know, in the year we won the flag, twenty eleven, um, we had a sp- spattering youth like your Mitch Duncan and and Alan Christensen and, and whatnot. That that actually really helped the team. 
So, so if Tyson Stengel is, pushes a Sean Higgins or Luke Dalehouse out of the side, that's not a bad thing at all, is it? No, not to me. Hell no. Probably not more so Higgins than um, Dalehouse, but they're both probably not dissimilar. Yeah. Oh, look, I think I think more likely um, Dalehouse would get picked ahead of Higgins anyway. But he should. Um, yeah. If if Geelong are to stay where they are and look good for the next couple of years, guys like Stengel need to be pushing those guys out. Yeah, I don't think this... Last year, we were almost expected to go and win a flag with our recruits. This year's a little bit different. I don't think... Um, I, I, I don't know. This is just my personal expectation. Anyway, um, I, I, I don't think there's as much pressure to get to a grand final or bust this year. Um. No, as I said, top particularly, six. Particularly because the, the time is coming, they're going to have to put play some young blokes and put them in the team. They're not going. They're not going to no. bottom out no. as no. dramatically as Hawthorne has. No. Like if, so if they, Geelong's, if they, Geelong's slide um, won't be that dramatic. They might, you know, get down to twelfth or thirteenth, something yeah. like that. But yeah, they no, won't be not. finishing bottom four. No, not it's with so, Scott anyway. No, no, he's, he's too good a coach. He's, Seeing uh, the crickets are chirping. Um, Who's the who's under the pump at Geelong? Uh, where do you start? Uh, <laughs> we've mentioned Dalhouse and Higgins. Um, they're surely on their last go. Oh, you, you'd reckon Higgins is is the standout on the under the pump out of those two, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> but, um, I'd like to see I'd like to see Radigalia play a more significant role, but that's more to do with where his position probably than anything else. But that does put him under the pump. It does, does to a certain extent because you've got pr- two pretty handy key forwards in the side. Is he a, is he a ruck forward or is he a forward that pinch hits in the ruck? I think I think you saw it at, at, at there was moments last year where he he actually influenced games by maybe getting two touches, two or three touches, and that was just by, by basically crashing packs and jumping into people. That's what I'm going to say. He doesn't need to take marks and kick goals, does he? He just needs no. to. So he, yeah, he was able to run through <coughs> opponents and get the ball to ground. And if we can do that and have both the Myers and uh, Stengel in the side, um, it's going to make us a little bit more potent. I but, think he's more a forward ruck than a ruck forward. Because if he yeah. was a ruck forward, they wouldn't have gone out and got John Segler last year. They would be putting more faith into... Um, I think into they would have because... The one thing that happened <coughs> with John Segler last year that made him appealing to Geelong was he turned 30... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Lining up, lining up to get to the category. No, knowing that we have two other clubs to discuss, um, my under the pump is Reece Stanley because I think I could see him getting delisted um, at the end of the year. Yeah, you know what? He's if we look at the, the, the talent, the natural talent that guy's got, um, and how his career's gone, I think he's done very well. He's, he's got. I think he's got. He's, he's got. Uh, he has got a lot out of himself during his career. He was the quickest after, player in the after, AFL. Yeah. He was so, actually the quickest player he's, in the he's AFL. A, he's a little bit. He's a little bit maligned. He's actually had some really, really good. That's what I mean. Like, games, is, games if you look at if you look at his actual footballing talent, he's got more than enough out of that in his career. He's done very, very well. Bearing yeah, in I'll mind, cut, cut Reece some slack. He's he's not as bad as what people not at all. Yeah. As a St Kilda supporter that watched him play, I say he is. I've seen him live <laughs> enough times to know he can be a liability. Anyway. He's been a lot better at Geelong than he was at St Kilda, though. Okay, enough of that. Um, we've, our 10-minute warning's come up, so let's move on to the next club, which is Port Adelaide. Cool. And I have this amount of interest in them. 
All right, so <laughs> let's um, make it quick so uh, we can spend a bit of time on the Ds. On the Ds, um, yeah. All right, so for me, Port Adelaide, if they don't make a grand final, I'm not saying they have to win it, I believe um, the ex-Geelong champion will be out of our job. Well, Bing is just signed <clears throat> on for another three years. Um, I still think uh, they will break. Um, what do those contracts mean? That's exactly right, and that's what I said about the Ben King signing as well. What does a contract mean? <clears throat> yeah, but it depends on what fashion they leave the finals, I suppose, doesn't it? Well, if they don't make a grand final and they fail in another prelim, I I think he's in strife. Well, we copped a lot of stick for losing the prelim last year, but Port had a yeah, home, Port had a home prelim served him on a platter, correct? Against the dogs, and they were pretty much expected to win that game. So I oh, don't. They didn't cop as much heat as what Geelong did for losing the prelim last year, which I, I, I find baffling myself. Me too, mate. Yep. Um, yep. Um, I'll, I'll, <clears throat> I'll quickly run through my picks. I've got a big improver or wonder watch is uh, Sam Powell Pepper. Um, I think the, the talent that guy's <clears throat> got is ridiculous. He just needs to harness it. He can be. He's not going to be you know a guy that gets forty touches a game, but he could easily be a twenty touch, two goal per game player. Um, I think he's very important for them. Um, Ken Hinckley's under the pump. Um, yep. I'd look as you guys know. Um, I've been a big, big advocate of Michael Voss as a, a coach. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I think it's probably not a coincidence that Port Adelaide sort of started knocking on the door of the top four when Voss arrived there. Um, so I've got Ken Hinckley under the pump because. As, as for reasons you guys said as well, but I think Michael Voss um, played a big role in getting Port to where they were. That's why I wanted him as Carlton coach. Um, and the pass mark for them is a grand final. If they don't make that, um, yep. they lose another prelim, as Jess said. So we're on the same page. I think, yeah, we're pretty much unanimous there with all that, yeah. aren't we? I'll, I'll, to, uh, I'll give you the hot tip, boys. They aren't going to get their pass mark this year. If, if they make a grand final, I will... <clears throat> I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> don't, don't go you, all uh, Daniel Gorey, Jonathan. You're on that for a little while, Philip. And there are no more lockdowns, yeah, so we're in a world of hurt. Uh, shout, out, shout out to Zach Butters, <clears throat> who I reckon will have a breakout year this year. That's he, Zach also, breakout yeah. year. But and they yeah. are the biggest pretenders. I'm sorry, but last year, what did they actually achieve? It has got me staggered how they finished second or third on the ladder. <clears throat> if you look at their results last year against top eight sides, I don't think they... They might have won one game. They didn't beat the... Cats in the regular season. They didn't beat the Dogs. They didn't beat the Ds. They didn't beat the Lions. There's four teams that finished above them or thereabouts. And I they're good at flogging the teams that they should yeah, be. Um, the, the, the more you talk about Port, the less time you've got to talk about Melbourne. All right, moving on. <laughs> I've had enough of Port. We've got no Port um, listeners. Let's move on. Um, we've got the uh, boys that have got the grand old flag. Melbourne. Um, mm. I'm predicting that they will get beaten on the last kick of the day in September, and the, and the team that will have that last kick of the day in September could very well be the Saints. Oh, yes, you're dreaming. <laughs> uh, could, could very well be the Geelong Football Club. I think they could turn it around. Anyway, let's move on. Um, what are your thoughts, Phil? We'll go for you first. Seeing we've held you up past your bedtime. Ah. <clears throat> uh, I just remember saying, I think to all you boys last year, when Brown and Wiedemann went down in the preseason, I said, Goodwin's gone by round 11. You know, we've lost our fourth line at that stage. Tom McDonald's training on the wing. 
Alex Neil Bullen had basically been told that he wasn't welcome at the club. And then fast forward 10 weeks, fast forward 10 weeks, we're nine and, nine and one or 10 and zip or whatever it was. And we're absolutely flying. And then we go on to win our first flag in 57 years. And even during that grand final, when they were 19 points up, and I thought that we were about one goal away from getting blown open, to kick 16 goals in 47 minutes of footy, to kick four goals and effectively in 90 seconds of footy in a third term, to see the Bulldogs players' body language just turn to absolute shit. Um, and for me to be crying in my lounge room at three-quarter time because looking at the dogs, I knew they were done. <clears throat> Um, it was some of the best footy that I've been able to see from a Melbourne footy club in a long, long time. And, um, yeah, they, they were the best team all season for a reason. Uh, that, that They were brilliant <laughs> last year. Yeah. And I, I, I must admit on a public forum that I got it wrong about Simon Goodwin. He's a very, very, very good coach. Yeah, even though they were, they were finishing on top, but they were touching over they were going to finish there. Well, let's be um, honest. They only finished top um, with a goal yeah, after yeah, because the Max goal after the siren, yeah. Well, they, they, Who, were down, they were down by seven goals to Geelong. That's right. Um, and just ended up end up finishing top. Funny how things work out. They, but they, oh, I, I reckon their system <coughs> made the sort of tailor made for finals. I think in about three quarter right. time, it was bedtime for some of the senior players yeah. at Geelong. Yeah, yeah. I reckon you could even I could even state a case that Melbourne could finish uh, maybe third or fourth this year and still make the grand final. Yeah, they don't. They don't need to. Well, to finish the, top. Do the they? thing is, though, there's a new mentality this year. They'll now be the hunted, not the hunter, as they say. Yeah. So that can do some funny things for certain brains. Yeah, I think, and I think that might be the reason why I have might have them finishing not top, but um, sort of top three. Yeah, I think uh, top three. They won't. They won't drop down to fourth, but their finishing top isn't a priority for them, is it? No, I think that they know their brand stacks up. And um, who's and we'll, we'll who's, <laughs> who's who's stepping up for them this year? Oh, uh, Sparrow this year, young fella. Um, he played his role to perfection. Yep, uh, oh, I, in the midfield, kicked some goals as well. Very. I, good. Re- I reckon um, young Jackson's going to have an absolute uh, rip <laughs> order. I think, and he's in my dream team. I think on me too. I think Luke Jackson. Um, he's got so many different levels to go to, doesn't he? Um, he and he's he just does. increasing his price tag for when he wants to go home. Yep, he's. Um, I think is he's possible, in for a very big year. Um, and is you know, it, what, is it he, possible at all that Bailey Fritch could get better? Yep, hundred percent. Yep, and look, this is a bloke that kicked what fifty nine goals last year as a yeah. small medium forward, and we're talking about him getting better. And if he can he get better, it helps my. Uh, accurate. And if he gets better, it helps my super coach team. Very, very accurate, <laughs> and reliable set shot too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. We'll, we'll just while we've got a couple of minutes left. Um. You any thoughts on Melbourne there, Chris? Hang on, I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for that. Here we go. <laughs> no, that's all right. Oh, good day, good day, Chris. Well, well, welcome to the podcast, Chris. You got two good minutes. Night. How are you guys? Um, good, good. Um, on paper, good. Grand final last year, season overall last year, very good. 
I worry. My only concern. I like how you rate a flag-winning season as very good. (laughs) (laughs) Their first one, first one in fifty-seven years, mind you. This he's got flag fatigue. This bloke, you've seen too many. He's up on our um, guest. We've only got a minute and a half. My only concern with Melbourne is did. Did these, you know, your your Fritches, your Sparrows, your your Bowies, these kind Arms. of kids, Harms, um, like, did they play out of their skin last year? And is can, can it be replicated this year? Especially when um, they're being hunted instead of being the hunter. Correct. Yeah, it's like you know, kind you know, the, it's kind of like <clears throat> what we did in twenty seventeen. We kind of caught everyone off guard, and and then in twenty eighteen, it was. A different story come the prelim. Um, Collingwood absolutely smoked this. And, you know, I kind of have that same kind of concern for Melbourne. They, you know, that even if they, you know, I, granted, I think they'll make the finals, but if, you know, does someone just come out and smoke them? Do they have complacency? So, do they think it's going to so happen we're, again? We're about to run out of time. So I reckon can, what we can do. they go back to back? Well, I'll say no, because it is hard to go back to back. Okay. In any sport, and well, I reckon we do, guys. The, I'm not convinced on the framework that I saw before last All season. Right. What we do, guys, I think we've, we'll finish off Melbourne when we come back after the break because I think there's still a little bit of discussion there. We'll be back on the other side of the break and back real soon. Welcome back after our second break of the evening or the day, whatever time of the time of the day you're watching it. Um, Chris was just saying he doesn't believe Melbourne will get back to back. Do you just want to finish that off, Chris, before we hit the last six teams we're going to discuss? Um, oh, look, I just, um, I just personally think it's a difficult thing to do in in sport. Um, I know there's been a few. I know it's more. I'd, I'd say it's more common in AFL than than most sports, but it's it's still a hard thing to do. And when I was talking about the framework, apart from making the prelim in twenty eighteen or something, you know, they weren't making finals, uh, inconsistent um, uh, among their young and mid tier playing group, and. You know, it all kind of gelled last year, but I, I just, I just I, it's just my instincts at the end of the day. Just tell me that I have, I'm going to have to see it to believe it for, yeah. for Melbourne to go back to back. I sort of get what you're saying. I, I think it's a case of, um, as I said, they're, they're going to be hunted this year. And maybe a couple of those players where the question was asked to Phil, do you think they played out of their skin? Um, may It depends how they react, whether they back it up when they're being hunted instead of hunting. I just think that their strength is, and it was last year, and they were very blessed that they basically had. Uh, I know Lever missed some football, but for you know, for the most part of when it mattered, they had you know Lever, Salem, uh, May. Like yeah, they're all available, weren't they? Yeah. Firing down back, you know, because you know, I just look at it going into this year, and I go get. I look at a Brisbane midfield. If Heaney goes into the midfield at Sydney, uh, if Richmond stays fit, if Geelong has a Twilight, I just I just look at some midfields and go, well, they're better than Melbourne's. 
outside of Oliver, outside of the big three, no, I, I don't rate Melbourne's midfield. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't mention Essendon in those in that group of teams. Well, that was that was very very <laughs> short sighted of you there, Chris. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway yeah, um, they, they, they have Dylan Shield in their team. <laughs> anyway, let's <laughs> let's let's move on to the next six because we do, we are time savvy. But before we throw into that, I just want to acknowledge that Chris Jericho is greater than Edge, and we will move on. <laughs> now, the first Absolutely. club. For, for anybody that might be listening to this <clears throat> podcast, Edge is. is I, I will probably wouldn't even have him top thirty or forty. I, I'd have uh, him as, as serviceable. <laughs> That's what I'd have him at. Right there with right there with Rock and Randy Roddy Piper for me. Oh, you, so, you, know, you know who he is. You know who he is. He reminds me of being the Vince Carter of the WWE. He he had moments where he was the guy, but apart from that, he was just a. Uh, he's a, a lot of people's favourites, but and, not and one now, of the greats. And, and now he's hanging on for dear life at the, the tender age of forty or fifty or whatever. He is. Very much like Vince Carter. All right, who have we got? Okay. Next? We we will start off. I reckon we'll be a bit different. We'll uh, leave. Um, we'll go seven to twelve instead of twelve to seven. Uh, the first one is GWS, which sometimes can be a disappointing team. They probably should have had a flag or two by this time of the list they've had. Um, Bulldogs probably, excuse me, um, stole a prelim and then went on to win a grand final that GWS should have won. Um, what's everyone's thoughts on GWS, um, Jeremy? Well. They've never had, they've never had every single one of their guns up and firing. We were talking before about Melbourne and that they had everything going their way. I don't think in, in their whole existence the Giants <laughs> had every had anything have everything gone their way. Um, they've never had all their guns sort of playing and firing at the same time. So the only way I can see them cracking top six, top eight, <clears throat> is if they're all available and they're all able to play. Which, which Josh, based I, on based on past years, I can't really trust it. Josh Kelly fits that mould to a T, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh. He should have had a Brownlow by now if he play if he played true to his abilities. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, he, do, he he does play true to his abilities. The problem is he's only available for maybe sixteen games a year. Yeah, but to me, part of playing true to your abilities is actually being on the park as well. The best ability is availability. <clears throat> Precisely. So, Unless hello, you hello, kick hello, the ball Kelly. horribly. Kelly, Kelly did uh, put up a measly 173 supercoach points in his preseason game. That he, you know what? He's, so, you know, he's honestly one of my favourite players to watch when he is. He's one of my favourites to watch. He's smooth as silk. Yep. So, GWS, they're, they're a team that, that can either finish 13th if nothing goes their way or they could win the flag this year if everything goes their way. Um, I don't trust everything going their way. Never, never, it's never happened. That they won't, they won't win the flag, and they won't even make it out of a semi-final. Do they? Is they lack a tall forward presence. Toby Green plays like a tall forward, but he's not since they oh, lost. Oh, Jared you, Cameron, oh, you, see, you know what? You're just discounting Jesse Hogan there, mate. Not particularly. You know what? Uh, <laughs> how, how about I see him play a full good season of football, and I won't discount him. How's Jeremy Finlayson? Jeremy Finlayson is going, well, I've got to get back to South Australia. And Port, even though they probably didn't even really want him, they said, yeah, all right, we'll, uh, 
We'll, well, we'll, we'll trade like a future before. third for him or something. And that goes back to like, all right, all right, cool. We'll, 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 we have uh, we have Jeremy Finlayson now. That goes what back to what I said before. Did. Just because a player wants to go to a club doesn't mean the player need to go and get him. But for some reason, the clubs think they do. <clears throat> well, that didn't happen for Bobby Hill, did it? No. Um, <laughs> we talk, we're talking about their forward line, which is a bit bit pertinent, really, because I've got um, well, the in guys the first, that I, in the first six weeks of the season. One, yeah. one guy that can really step up and and make them a finals contender is Jake Riccardi. I think that that guy's got a lot of talent to work with. Um, but if you're going to play forward, though, he's kind of played all over the shop last Well, year. that's the thing. He, he's played all over the shop, but I think forward's his best position, and he's struggled with injury previously as well. But if he if they find a home for him forward and he's fit, pretty potent, I think. Well, well Hogan's got to be out of the side then, because I can't see Hogan, him, and Himmelberg in the same. Well, the, 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 no, I think the they can. Like, I think the Hogan can play up the ground. The guy that has to stand up for GWS is Himmelberg. There's there's nobody else when Toby Green's out that's like he needs to yeah, start. Like they're gonna struggle to kick a score. Yeah. He needs bags. Himmelberg needs to start kicking bags. Um or because GWS can't rely on Toby Green to kick six goals every week to make the And that, that's what I mean. That's why if Jake Riccardi steps up. That takes a lot of the pressure off Green, and then Green becomes a better and more dangerous player. Himmelberg's got a little pressure off him, so rather than taking maybe the number one tall, he's taking the number two tall, um, mm-hmm. and that that has a flow-on effect down the line. And then guys like and Green don't expect might be anything, up a little bit more as well. And don't expect anything from Toby Green until round seven, just quietly. Yeah, well, that's, that's, the reason, that's the reason I have them missing the eight. I think <laughs> that they'll start one, one and five, or two and four, and the season. That's will where be they set up the foundations for the seasons, though, isn't it? If they can, if Himmelberg, Riccardi, and Hogan can can even get them to three or four wins in that first six, then Toby Green comes back in. I mean, they're almost a lock for an eight. The eight um, point, are, eight. guys, just just a quick question: Who was the fool that um, drafted Toby Green, knowing he's going to miss six weeks? Was it the mad scientist? I believe it was. Yep. Well, okay. look, look. Um, <coughs> just, he, he was on I, a fu- he was on a futures bet. All right. He's just uh, <laughs> to, to be I, fair. I, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't hate that. I don't hate it. No, I, I took him in the other draft that I'm in um, as a bet. I've got him on the bench. I took a full forward line. Yeah. He was still available. I went. You know, stuff that I'm putting him on the bench, and as long as I don't have a rough run with injuries, six weeks time, I'm laughing. Yeah, not well, necessarily. I, I, He's more than likely to do something silly and get, and get another holiday. Uh, this could be a catch <clears> cry. Plays. This could be a catch cry concerning the uh, MRP in 2022. <clears> we could actually make. We could even make it a segment on the pod. It's the the question: What if Toby did it? Yeah, well, that's right. For, for every <laughs> like, for every single for every single MRP MRP decision that's coming up, we just, what if Toby did it? We that could be our segment. That's like, what well, if Toby, what if Toby did it? All right. Toby Knowing what we're going to get through, and we would like to um, discuss some of the social media uh, interactions uh, on this segment. Did, did we say where, where they're going to finish? Well, that's what I was about to say. And then, uh, but I'll get everyone to go bang where they're going to finish and who's on under the pump. For me, I could see him missing the eight. And I think it's about time Leon Cameron had a rocket up his rear end because he hasn't really done what he should have done with the list. I think Leon Cameron is a very good coach. I think the problem is getting the cattle in the park. Um, I've got them just making the finals, all things going well. Riccardi's one prime to step up and 
Canelio is under the pump. I think you might be overrating Leon Cameron because I think Stevie Wonder could coach him when they're on the park. Anyway, <clears throat> who's next? Uh, I'll say miss the eight. Like I'm, I've got them probably coming about 12th and uh, I'm with Woody on this one. I've got Cogs under the pump, 100%. The guy's got to be on the park if he wants to lead a football team. So, All right. Uh, uh, I've got him finishing ninth, just missing the eight. Um and uh, like, uh, uh, is it? I don't know. Is it weird to say Toby Green under the pump only because we actually just want to see him on the park and just not do stupid shit? I think it's fair because he could come back after a six week holiday and do something silly with his record. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So is that, yeah from that, so from from <coughs> that, from that, from how, that how, many he, how, how many games is he off being deregistered? Not, not many. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's got to pull his head in. Only. Definite segment for the year is would Toby do it? All right. Or Moving on. Would Toby move on to the next team? I think he would. And that would be the side that is beloved by the mad scientist, <laughs> Essendon. Now, Essendon finished eighth last year by the looks from my um, ladder yeah. in front of me. Um, and that's as good as it's going to get for them this year, too. I was going to say, they ain't finishing eighth this year. They're, they're more likely to drop down than they are to jump up a couple of places. Um, Dylan Shield, he's under the pump. He missed a lot of last year. Um, he needs to repay them. Mason Redman, um, he's under the pump, too, just because they put a lot of time into him, and I don't think he's very good. And Sam Draper needs to step up and make that ruck position his own. Under the pump for me. Is the turnover king himself, Dylan Shield? Jake Stringer under the pump. He's, he's got to turn up sometime before August. Yep. And actually start playing good yep. footy in, in like April or March or something like that. Yeah, no, look, I still think um, Dylan's been there longer and he needs to pull his finger over his rear end before even Stringer does. But Stringer, Stringer has the capability of being a game turner. I don't think yes. Dylan's shield. That's but Dylan needs to freaking hit a target and he's not going to do that. So he's under the pump. <clears throat> I, I love him streaming forward and kicking it. I was going to say I love him streaming forward forward and kicking it to Wilkie. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I've got them missing and I've got Parrish under the pump. Uh, I think over the last couple of seasons we've seen glimpses. And I want to see him take it to the next level. Yeah, and he's got to be a, a bona fide star now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, he either is or he isn't. And I think we find that out this year. So, yeah, we'll find out if last year wasn't a flash in the pan. Yep. And I think we've given Essendon way too much lip service. <laughs> we will move on to the, the West the Coast. Scientist, the mad scientist is going to love our Essendon take. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, all, we're all of about a minute and a half. And just right. before we move on to West Coast, Chris Jericho says, hi, mad scientist. And we will move on to West Coast. Now, the West Coast Eagles, well, they'd have to be a good even money bet for bottom four, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, I've got them as more than likely bottom two. Them and Hawthorne will probably fight it out for the wooden spoon. They might steal the odd game at home, though. That's the thing. Yeah, the but that's no, not the fortress that it used to be. That used to guarantee them half, half their wins, didn't it? Or, you know, winning half <clears> their games doesn't anymore. Um, I don't think there's much really to say about them. Jack Darling's under the pump, especially with the innuendo about him, Willie Woney. 
Um, and now he's injured. And I think Tom Barras is one to watch. I think he can really become an elite one-on-one defender. I, uh, I think West Coast is in a lot more trouble than just saying they're a bottom four side this year. I think their problems are real deep. Uh, they've invest in, invested in a lot of players uh, that I think are very average. Um, and the ones that are above average can't stay fit. And now they're really going to struggle because they're either going to have to try and offload contracts, players are going to retire. <clears throat> well, you look at McGovern, Hearn, Kennedy. Um, well, that's what I was going to say guys. there. They're just as old as Geelong, aren't they? Is this Hearn's last year? Of last year probably should have been. Last Realistically, year. if they if they had a, if they had vision for the future, last year should have been. They've got. I think they've got just as many players over the age of thirty as Geelong do. Um, the, the problem that they've got is though that um, Geelong's over thirties players are much better than West Coast. <coughs> there's, there's, there's being over thirty, and there's being over thirty and actually contributing. Well, there's at least one Geelong player that's over thirty. It's probably a once in a generation player too in Selwood. Yeah. And and you and you look at you look at like even the players they've brought in like what what they gave up to get Tim Kelly as an example. What's the point if you're not going to win anything and you've just yeah. normal? Yeah, how's that, that working out? How's that working out for the coasters? I just I just want to add. They've got they've got Will Evioli coming back. That is what it is. Um, Liam Ryan's not the superstar that he's billed to be. And, and um, we pointed Allen, that out a couple of years ago. Woody on social media and we did. Correct, and Oscar Allen is nothing more than an average footballer. Yeah, yeah I think he's a bit overrated myself. Yeah. It's really Nick Natanui and um, 17 other guys on the park, really, isn't it? And again, Nick Natanui, isn't he one of the over-30s as well now? He's still probably, he's nearly their best player still, though. Which is a problem. I said this a couple of years ago. I said that, and I got a little bit roasted for it, but I said that, I said, Andrew, I, I didn't think Andrew Gaff was very good. <clears throat> and I think he's an extremely average player. He's a wingman at, like, an average wingman at best. He doesn't get his own ball ever. He's always one, two handballs off the stop, off the, off the pack, off the play. You know, he's always off the ball. And I don't, like, I just, and it was easy for him to play that role in two, you know, <clears throat> 2016 and 2017 and 2018 when they had hard ball getters in the midfield, but they're all retiring and getting on now. And the young kids they've got in, Yo's not a hard, Yo's not a hard ball getter. Like mm-hmm. that's, and is he injured and, again as well? I think isn't he? Yep, and Shuey's not a hard ball getter. Like that, you just look at it and you go, well, who's going to win their ball? Nat Nui's hitting it, like tapping it to the opponent because none of them want it. Tell me if this is controversial. Um, Josh Kennedy has gone on one year too long. Absolutely, he has. Yep, I think that's accurate. I think you'll find he'll actually just fall off a cliff this year. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm not. Too, I'm not too fond of the. Not, state not literally. Of, <laughs> I'm personally not too fond of the state of Western Australia. Their premier's a dickhead. Let's move on to the next club. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Before we move on to the next club, who's under the pump for me, Simo? Yeah, I know. He's got a bit of currency in the bank. It's a That's while ago since he won the flag, Jerry. He's got a flag in his pocket. I'm just saying. It's a while ago. Yep. Still have said it's a, it's a while ago that Hawthorne went back to back to back <clears> as well, and we still hear about that. 
every okay. single day. Oh, well, it's not my fault that the world's full of Muppets. Um, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts, Chris? Oh, I was just going to say, um, I reckon, and, and for me, this is not in a negative way um, in the way we normally do it, but you guys normally do it, but I'd say uh, Tim Kelly's under the pump. Uh, they gave up a lot to get him, and, and yeah, he's going to be playing in a very average team this year, but he's still got to show up and at least show what, like, show what they gave for him. Yeah, that's a fair call. That's a fair call. That's enough about. Oh, so, um, so, so, so they're going to be missing Darling. <coughs> we're going to be missing Yo. We're going to be missing Oscar Allen. Um, they're going to be missing Shuey. Dom Sheed, uh, Luke Shuey. Um, I think Campbell Chesser, who they, uh, Greg Clark. Um, and I think I don't. Did I, did I say Elliot Yo? Yeah, yeah. Elliot Yo and Shuey and Sheed. That's their entire midfield. Um, okay. They're, they're in the world. Of, if that, if Gold Coast don't beat <coughs> that, if Gold Coast don't beat that team in round one. Um, it says more about the Gold Coast than it does. Yeah. So what you're saying is the West Coast Eagles for round one are in the Hurt Locker. We will move on to the next one because we're sick of WA. Um, we'll... Frio. Uh, no, no. We, we, we've, ac- we've actually got a break between Frio because um, St Kilda actually finished above them on the ladder on percentage. Um, the team that's dear to me, um, they had 10 wins last year. For me, a tick would be 12 or 13 wins compared to last year. Whether or not they can do that's a big question. Um, <clears throat> I did like the look of um, that young Jack Hayes. He looks like he could be ready he looks to... Like a goer. He looks ready to go, yeah. looks ready that he could, um, especially if Paddy's going to play limited football. Which I was going to say, likely. does he look like he can end Paddy Ryder's career? I don't think he'll end Paddy Ryder's career because Paddy Ryder's career is ending this year anyway. So to say that, he might... Um, end might, it prematurely. Maybe. He might... He might yeah. Forced a question on the selection table a few times this year, but I still think they'll go off Paddy over him if they're both available at the moment. They're raving about <clears throat> um, young Wanganin Mulera's disposal. Apparently, he is one of the best ever field kicks to come out of the under 18 competition. So, you could play off a half back, you think? Oh, look, I, I would do what Hawthorne did when um, two other clubs put their guys in the same draft. Um, in the firing line, I would actually, as you said, play him off a back flank or even put him on a wing. I'd um, play him off the wing because <clears throat> if he's that good a kick, then um, why would you not give Max King silver service? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, because similar to what Hawthorne did with Hodge, they looked after him for all those years early on and just played him off a back flank. Yeah. I reckon back flank or wing for him. And... No, I'd put him on the wing because <clears throat> you want you want to give Max King good service. He's got great hands. Um, but I think Max King's been forced in previous years to probably do too much contested work. He's got a clean kick of the ball. Um, get him up the ground. Charman um, is um, a guy to watch too. I think um, he showed some good signs late in the season. So, But um, what are other guys' thoughts of where the Saints finish? Um, I, I, their ceiling is top four, I think. I'm not saying they'll get there, but I reckon that's their ceiling. That's their, that's their goal. If, yeah, they, yeah. if they have everything going their way, I think they're, no, they, that's their they ceiling. Do they get it, or what do you actually expect them to finish? I, yeah, I expect them to make finals, I think. Yeah, so do I. I got them making finals. The big improver um, for them is Max King. I think he can. He can be one of the very best key forwards in the competition. He's actually showed signs in certain games where teams that played in the finals and high up in the finals had no answers when he was on fire. I think he's he's, <coughs> he's very he's gonna 
if if there's one player I think that could kick ten goals in a game this year, I think it's Max King. Like yeah, I agree with that. His his goal kicking um, accuracy in his first couple of years was pretty ordinary, but he's he's, he's done a lot of better. work on it. He's done a lot, lot of work lot on better. a set shot, uh, and he actually has a set shot, not a snap. And that's right, he's a great <coughs> contested mark as well. You think I like about it? I've can't. always uh, like I, they're they're a team I've actually got a real real soft spot for, and um, but I just I I look I just look down their list and I just can't see it. I I look at the other lists that are fighting for those kind of seven eight spots at the moment, and I just unless unless like you look at the pre the preseason game for Brad Hill, he's a guy that needs to come out and play like that every week because mm-hmm. he's he's not done that for long enough. Uh, a guy like Sinclair needs to come out. Ross needs to step up. Um, King Ross needs is the to, turnover king. He ain't going to step up. <clears throat> He needs to do something, because right? you can't you can't have passengers if you want to have a ceiling of top. I, w- I wouldn't um, play Ross, and I wouldn't play Billings. There you go. Gresham oh, coming Billings. back is a big deal. Yeah, he, he was looking good too in the preseason games. I, uh, I I don't mind Billings. I think he's all right. I think you guys should never. I don't. I don't think you should. Uh, I know you've got. Uh, it wasn't you I was talking. It was another Saints fan, but. Um, about the documentary that's just dropped, um, but I don't reckon you guys should uh, should have got rid of Dunstan. Um, I thought he was a very decent young player, so I'm not quite sure what was going on there. I think um, um, they wanted a bit more polish in the midfield, where he's they got enough inside players, and he was unfortunately the one that they chose to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I would have given him even another year just to see kind of how he how he progressed. But anyway, it's, it's, done, yeah. it's done. It's done. I think so. I think a problem with that too is the smaller list probably didn't give him that um, sort of flexibility. Yeah, that flexibility. <clears throat> yeah, but I, I just like to to put it in perspective. I look at their list and I look at a list like like a Carlton, a Richmond, a Geelong, a Fremantle, and I go, well, those lists are better. And if they stay fitter. And they play, and they play, at, even at a reasonable level, that they, they will finish ahead of St Kilda. It's just how I, I, I just can't see the Saints making it. And I, and I've got Brad Hill under the pump. Yeah, yeah I've got him as well, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah. But I sort of somewhat agree with Woody. If um, King does have that breakout season, he could be the difference against those teams you're saying in the in, in, my in, opinion, in the games. King has to kick 70 goals for them to play finals. And you, that, can't that, and, and you know what? He's got the talent to do yeah, it. And that's not unachievable for, for him. And, and, and it's not. And like <clears> I said, they could absolutely make the finals, but I don't think they will. I and think, um, too, Chris, I think a lot of people are underrating um, the signs that Cooper Sharman showed, too. I actually think he could be another Bailey Fritch. Mm. Easily. Who's that they've got? Uh, which, which, uh, was it Hunter Clark? Did he do his ACL or...? No. Who was it that did his ACL? Hunter Clark's done his... Uh, sorry, ACL, yeah. The shoulder, you mean? No, no, no. Someone did, mm. did one of them do that thing? Sorry? I thought, what, I thought someone from St Kilda down yeah, that Hunter did Clark did his shoulder. Oh, his shoulder. And that's Caulfield did the um, Caulfield. ACL. Caulfield, that's right. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that one sucks. That's, that's another, in my opinion, pretty heavy loss. Tell um, you what, though, I... Uh, that is a loss, but I, I like uh, what I really like about 
St Kilda is they've got two really, really good one-on-one defenders in um, Highmore yeah, and Wilkie. Wilkie. Yeah. I and think don't that, underrate. That's what, that's what gives me confidence with Wilkie them. Wilkie is really good. Don't yeah. underrate, though, guys, Josh Battle going up back because that could really be um, what he needs, is to be said, you're just playing up back instead of swinging him forward, back, and everywhere that they have. And they've yeah, got options it, there too, because let's not forget, be they've, got, they've got Dougal Howard as well. So, I mean, they're, they've is, got... Is Josh, Battle, is Josh Battle under the pump? No. I think... Uh, I don't think so. Is, okay, let, 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 let me rephrase that. Is he struggling to find his spot in that team? That's what I was going to say. He's <clears throat> under the pump because they haven't found a position for him. He's done okay in the back line. He's done okay up forward. You know, they just need to of? settle him somewhere. He reminds me of Goddard in his first five years where um, Grant Thomas started it off by not giving him any... Um, any specific role, um, played him everywhere and anywhere. I think Battle suffered from the same thing because yep. he's versatile. I just think, <clears> and, and, and that's to his detriment, I think Brett, yeah, Ratton that's needs, right. but Brett Ratton needs to decide, is he a forward or is he a <clears> defender? And then leave it at that. And to be brutally honest, with the forward line we've got, you've got Membry, you've got um, King, King, You've still got Cooper Shepman fighting for a role in the forward line. You've got you've Dan Butler floating around up there. Yeah, Dan I think Butler. It's a good yeah, line. yeah I, you've even got um, Higgins. Yeah. You've and probably Gresham will probably play mids, but stay um, in the forward line a bit as well. It, it's really play him up back. There's just um, there's already too much up forward. It's a wasted um, exercise in my book. Anyway, um, so all right, who? Who's um, under the pump, guys? I think um, Chris flirted with that because he said battle. Yeah, I've got, I've got Hill. <clears throat> yeah, Brad Hill. All right, Brad Hill, Brad Hill. All right, Brad Hill for me. Um, we've got the 10-minute warning, so we may have to come back one more time for another Can segment. I just elaborate? Can we'll, I just, elaborate? we'll just quickly, do, quickly get with Frio and then go Richmond and then we can be done with it. Okay. Yes, go, Chris, quick. I was just going to elaborate on the Brad Hill thing because... <clears throat> In my, if you'd asked me before the preseason game, is he under the pump? I would have got, I would have got, like he wouldn't have been my first instinct. Now, if you're if you're a big money player and you've been mediocre for a couple of years and you come out and you're one of the best on the ground in the preseason match, and you know your team's going to be fighting for the eight this year, then you've got to come out and perform, and that's why yeah. he's under the pump. But yeah. let's not. Are you putting him under the pump because of his his contract? No, it's, it's not, because of it. it's for, for me. It's if you want to come out and you want to be the best on the ground yeah. preseason. No, that's what I was. That, that's why I asked the question because, um, you know, a lot of a lot of footy fans they get caught up on what sort of contract a bloke's on. It's not Brad Hill's fault they offered him that money. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's St Kilda's Absolutely. under the pump for that decision. Oh, we're down to eight. We're down to eight minutes. So, yeah, right. uh, that's an about the mighty Saints. Fremantle. Well, they're going to be better than West Coast. Anyone else's thoughts? I yeah. think they could be very, very good. This is a team that can jump into the eight. What, uh, There's a lot to like. There is so much to like they, here. Whose spot are they taking? Okay, Melbourne, Port, Melbourne, Port, Geelong, Brisbane, Dogs, Swans. There's six. That only leaves two. Yep, they're... they're GW, GWS and Essendon. Yep, so they're well above Essendon. Yep. Um, yeah. I mentioned earlier there's a bloke that um, I rate just as highly as you, McCluggage, and that's Andrew Brayshaw. Yep. Um, that bloke is going to be an absolute superstar. Um, Matt Tabiner, 
I think he's a guy that could probably come out and kick maybe 60 think, goals uh, as well. Under the pump for me is Rory Lobb. Uh, I've got I've got Griffin Logue under the pump. But, no, uh, just, just, you know what, Griffin, Griffin Logue, he just needs to decide for himself, does he <clears> want to be an <throat> AFL footballer? Um, either have a crack or don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, uh, I've got them missing. Uh, I've got them coming ninth just, um, I think. Because we're talking about what, what spots are available. I've got Sydney and Essendon falling out and Richmond and Carlton going in. And yeah, so, so, so Rich, Richmond will go back in. So there's seven spots. So I don't think, I don't think making the finals, even though I think they... That's their pass mark. Um, it's not essential for their future. They have a, their next five years. I mean, they're, they're gonna, if we're looking at teams based on where they're at currently and where they could be in the next five years, is there anyone in better yeah. shape than Fremantle? No, no, there's not many no. better. No. Absolutely not. All right, we got uh, we got seven minutes yeah, right, to go, to go right. on Richmond. Um, Richmond. Let's talk Richmond, I guess. Um, uh, it's hard to say who's under the pump. Um, they should scoop back into the eight. Um, yeah, that's about all I've got about Richmond. I think they <coughs> they can they could potentially jump into the top four. I mean, they've still got a good enough list. Um, Tom Lynch is under the pump. I think he's he's been up and down. He's shown signs. He's played six, seven good games uh, and then, you know a few poor ones. I think is uh, is Jack Rebel going to fall into the one year too long category? Yeah, uh, that. If he goes on next year, I think, but I think he can still play a role this year. Yeah. Um, and there's one guy, Chris is going to love me saying this. Um, there's one guy that gets me really excited about Richmond, and that's Liam Baker. Well, just he's he's not, there's nothing classy about him. He's just an old school, hard nosed footballer. Yeah, you know, you know, if there's a ball up for grabs, he's going to be the first one there, don't yep. you? Yeah, yep. he's, and, and, and he's quick. He's hard. He's built low to the ground. Yeah, like, he's a throw, he's a throwback throwback sort of player. He, 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 he reminds if he was just a little bit bigger, he'd be Robert Harvey. Like if if he can reach that ceiling, like he he could be a very very good player. And he's very young too. Uh, like yep. he was a Premiership player at nineteen or something. Yeah, uh, he um. It looks like they might play him up the ground a bit more. They played him off half back or in the back pocket the last the couple last of years. years and, the last two years we've played him exactly along half back. Um, and so watching him and Bolton and Dusty along half forward, that's that's going to be pretty hard yeah, to contain yeah. if the ball yeah. gets there. Now we now now um now we'll take we'll get Chris's take on this, but I don't want fantasy Chris. I want uh, I want realistic Chris. So just just wheeling it wheeling realistic Chris for us, mate. And just Absolutely. put him on and, and just put him on the mic and just uh, give us your thoughts on how they'll go. I've got us pegged about sixth or seventh, um, pending injury. Like we 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 could easily miss the eight again. Uh, like if if we have another horrid run with injuries, but like I think give it like social media wise, I think people underestimated how bad our injuries were and how significant. Well, during the yeah, year, there's, still, there's still a lot the of year guys before, to... the year before during the year you were missing half a side. And you managed to get up and win the flag. And it, it's all, it was almost like last year, it was the same thing was happening again. They were missing half their side during the season. But it's like the players thought, oh, it's just going to happen. My, there's, my a lot of, there's a lot of players that are more than good enough. They've still I, got I, a lot of quality on the list. 
I'd, I'd, I'd disagree with that, Jeremy, just because in the last... <clears throat> so let's let's put it this way. that the, And this is just to be brutally honest. The heart and soul of that team is Dustin Martin. We were still well and truly in fine... Like we were in seventh spot or something. Dreamtime clash when he went down. Um, like well and truly in the hunt. We had a little bit of bad form because of injuries and whatnot. But once that happened, and then from round 15, so two or three weeks later, um, we we lost five of our six starting defenders. Uh, it was like Grimes, Bolter, Asprey, Broad. And Short was the only one still playing. You know, uh, well, and, um, and Hooley went down. What, what, I've, went attributed, down. what I've attributed they to... To, to these Richmond teams over, over this era, what, what I've attributed to them, they've had a lot of, they've had a lot of fuck you about them. I think, I think they lost a bit and, of that last year. I think, I think they yeah, lost a bit and, of the fuck and, you. And I'd agree with that. And but, but, but again, I think that comes back to, we, you know, we had that attitude because we had the players on the field that were winning and that could be pompous about it, whereas. Last year, for the majority of the year, we only had 10 or 11 premiership players and the other half were kids because we didn't prime anyone else in that time. And the people that we did prime, the Ellis's, the Butler's, the Higgins, the Markov's, the Charles. Yeah, they'll bug it off to some, another club, yeah. We were kind of, um, you know, we, we couldn't be pompous about it or, or be right. arrogant because... What what have those kids got to be arrogant about? They haven't achieved anything. My my only concern for Richmond is it reflects injuries. We know very well when players get north uh, north of 30, they don't recover as well from injuries and the wear and tear. And Dusty's going to be 31 in June. Um, I'm not saying it's it's to write him off, but I'm just saying these are the sort of things that might eventually catch up to Richmond. They catch up to a lot of teams that have won flags oh. because they have that window and then all of a sudden father time, mother time or father time, whatever you want to call them, catches up with people. Well, to, to put, I, I, I agree with that to an extent, um, but Dusty wouldn't be my example. Uh, I was because, only you know, picking him out because he was injured this last year and he's oh, I, 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 Absolutely. And that's that's <clears throat> fine. No, I was going to say, you know, before this year, he, before last year, he'd only missed two games at the most in any season for his career. Like, he's very fit, very durable. Like, I, I don't think he's going to have a problem coming back and staying fit. Uh, I look at more like a guy that's already injured, a Kane Lambert, or I look at a Edwards, or I look at a Cochin, or I look at a Reedwalt. I look at those mm-hmm. guys and I go, okay, well, how many games are we going to get out of you this year? Yeah. Because, like, even, I'd even put Prestia in that <clears throat> basket as well, not because okay. of his age, just because of his body. All like, right. Um, Chris, what we might do, we've got literally probably 30 seconds left. Um, we'll say a ruse, but we'll probably do about a six or eight week show on how the season's going anyway, won't we, lads? Yeah? Yeah, definitely. We'll, um... yeah, so we'll get you back and you can either um, eat humble pie or say I was right, um, as will all of us. So until um, then, it's Huru from me. Huru from me. Thanks, guys. Easy. Thanks for joining us, um, Chris. And Thanks, listeners, Josh Josh will be, Watson will be doing all our editing and Zaggy too will be the velvet tones. Oh, Huru. Good, 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 baby.